everybody. Welcome to the fifth episode of Off the Beaten Clef. This week, it's my week. I chose to do Avicii True in 2013. So, let's get into it. Hey everybody, uh, just see, we're here, we're recording, we got a special week this week, so this is my week, um, I wanted to do, switch it up from all the rock we've been doing, uh, I wanted to make sure we were hitting all genres, and I really struggled with this week, I had talked about it a little bit last week, where I wanted to do a hip-hop album, but I couldn't really find one that I got excited to talk about, and so I switched it over to EDM, and immediately, as soon as I turned on Avicii, I was like, this is it, this is what I want to talk about, and... EDM is one of the the main genres that I listen to, so I think it's important to kind of talk about that and get it. It's a it's a good it'll be a good palate cleanser. It's a very different genre than what we've done thus far. And in that vein, uh, I have somebody in my life who is a EDM connoisseur. Uh, it's my younger brother. I've talked about him a bunch on Queen City Podcast, Other Beer Night, and a little bit on Off the Beaten Clef. Uh, ben Carter, welcome to the pod, bud. That's Our EDM correspondent. 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 That's me, guys. Hey, how you doing? It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. We're happy to have you on, Ben. Yeah, absolutely. Um, little uh, introduction for me? Yeah. yeah let's yeah. do it. Okay. Uh, so, well, first off, I just want to say, you know, I'm honored to have been invited to join the Queen City Podcast fam here. Uh, you know, I've been listening to some of those podcasts and Dollar Beer Night uh, since Kevin told me about it, and I love the the concept of this one that you guys are doing off the beaten cleft. Um, I've listened to each episode and, you know, listening to the albums, and it's really inspired me to start digging back into some of the albums that I've loved and some of those experiences I've loved listening to those albums, um, which is good because it's it's been a really fun way to tear me away from listening to EDM nonstop like I usually do, because uh, I do really love most forms of music. Um but that kind of provides a segue into thing number two. I wanted to give any list, or listeners some context to me, and I am an absolute EDM fanatic. Uh, I consider myself a student of the music, you know, as much as a fan can be. Um, so Avicii to me is like this shiny golden god. He's got this ethereal presence in the genre in both life and death. And um, I've been an Avicii super fan for the better part of a decade now. Specifically, his two albums, True and Stories, um, and they carry an immense, immense personal connection for me. Um, so you all may have just met me, but fair warning, I could be an emotional wreck by the end of this episode. <laughs> um, but if I, if we can convince just one person to give True a real listen today, um, you know, like your previous episodes did for me, then to me, it's going to be time well spent. Yeah, and it, it definitely got me to dig into songs that otherwise I would have never listened to on this album. Right. So, um yeah, I guess we can uh, start with your opening thoughts or fun facts if, if you got any, Kev. Uh, I don't have any a whole lot of fun facts. I figured Ben might do a lot of heavy lifting as far as like Avicii facts and stuff like that. Because, I mean, you can see why I invite, you know, I wanted him to come on this podcast specifically. Cause, yeah, uh, you were tired of hosting. <laughs> You're <laughs> trying to pawn your shit off. <laughs> That's on right. <laughs> I just, you know, I'm to this point in this podcast relationship where I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm mailing it in, yeah. you know? I got to bring people in to do the work for me. <laughs> you got to get up to 65 so, yeah, and then five, just hit cruise control. That's right. You, five you, episodes, that was it. <laughs> you hit a certain level of success, you got to bring in people to do the heavy lifting, yeah. you know? You got to just enjoy the ride. Um, but no, um, 
So yeah, again, Avicii, like uh, much like Ben, I'm not as heavy into the EDM scene as Ben is, um, but I do love it. I, I'm, you know, I've been to more electronic shows than I have any other kind of concert. Um, mostly due to Ben, like, hey, let's go to, let's go see Tiesto. He's in Columbus this week. Let's go see Hardwell and with mom, go, with mom, yeah, <laughs> for my mom, for my mom's 60th birthday, yeah. right? She wanted yeah. to go see Hardwell go in see Columbus, Hardwell, so we went, and I almost got in a fight that night. Uh, so that was fun. Yeah. Um, Above and beyond and indie. Yeah, above and beyond. Uh, we saw Zed last year, yeah. Great American after a ball game. And EDM shows are with just mom. a blast. With mom, yeah. <laughs> with our mother. She loves EDM, man. Um, well, you get it on us, then. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, we, we love to party. It's in our blood. <laughs> it, uh, that's true. So, yeah, to, to, to kind of focus back in on Avicii, um, his real name is Tim Bergling. Is that how you pronounce it correctly, Ben? Yes. Tim Bergling. Um, I really wanted to do Avicii for this podcast specifically because of what he did for the music industry as a whole. Uh, there had been EDM artists that had breached out into the pop culture realm, specifically thinking of Daft Punk um, with their Random Access Memories album. It won Album of the Year that year, and it was really it really reached out into the like pop culture sensibilities of the world. But Avicii, more than anyone, really brought EDM out of like the in the conscious of the public, it brought it out of the, the warehouses and brought it into the radio mainstream. And this album really was the beginning of that. Um, excuse me. I had to burp. You didn't want to do it in the mic. I didn't want to do it in the mic this week. Um, yeah, it's Rita Ora and Dua Lipa and all those people doing electro pop right now. That is like so heavy into, the younger generations like social conscious and musical conscious, they owe that to Avicii and they owe that to true this album because it really was genre bending and it really made it accessible to radio play. Most of the songs, this album are three, four minutes long and that's how you get on radio. There's only one song that's eight minutes long. Uh, so, and that, that was one of the things about EDM. They're these long tracks because mm-hmm. they like to build and they really reward their listener for having patience. So yeah, that, that's really my opening thoughts about this. Is he just his influence on electro pop of today, and how he really just changed the face of pop music for the foreseeable future. I mean, it's he. This album came out in 2013, and for the better part of a decade, that sound has got been really prevalent on top forty since then. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, it's been proliferated proliferated by TikTok, which you know. Hate it or love it. That's the music you hear on TikTok is electro pop, and it started with Avicii. Yeah, it's it's crazy. This is his first album. This does not feel like a, a first album. Well, yeah, I mean, he he was doing other stuff before that. I mean, yeah, the way the EDM word works is a lot of them don't release full albums. Yeah, they just albums, release singles. Albums are rare. Yeah. So it, it again, that's another thing that he kind of was paradigm breaking in the EDM world was releasing full LPs. Because yeah. nobody was really doing that. I mean, it had definitely been done. Um, Zed definitely comes to mind yeah, there Zed. again. Uh, his first one, especially, is is an amazing album and experience altogether. Um, but I didn't want to to steal the thunder. Were you given? No, I was going to let you thoughts? go. Oh, okay, right on. Um, so yeah, like kind of to both echo and kind of build off of what you're saying, Kevin. Like, not only did True uh, Avicii and True specifically do a lot for EDM in terms of making it more accessible to other people. Um, but it really, it also really just changed the landscape for people that were already EDM fans. Yeah. Like I was, I was huge into EDM already by the time, uh, true came around. Like I was already a big Avicii fan. 
uh, from some of his bigger hits that I'll touch on later. Um, but to dive into some Avicii lore and, and to say what he did and how he changed the landscape, um, you got to kind of know that he, he was really young when he first came out. Um, he was 16, right? Well, yeah, he was 16 when he first started making his first tracks. And like, I think that's when, you know, when we watched the documentary, uh, he was talking about when he sent his stuff to laid back Luke, who's right. like a really big established name. Um, but like, he didn't really start coming around. I think levels was when he was 18. No, he would have been 19. Still crazy. Oh, late levels. bloomer. Yeah. Late bloomer <laughs> at 18, 19. Um, so just to dive into this some more of that, like he, so this early 20 teens basically roll around and he's done some stuff, but this kid, Tim Bergling, he came out of Sweden and just kind of exploded onto this DJ scene. Um, this is like, this is the same era, essentially the early 20 teens when guys like Swedish house mafia, yep. Hardwell, David Guetta, they were dominating the dance culture with, uh, you know, ma- these massive house club bangers. Um, so even Tiesto, who is like EDM's guiding light, essentially, um, he had shifted into that world as well. And, you know, I think he played a part in, in, uh, finding Avicii and, you know, giving him a little bit of more, more play and, you know, exposing to some of these things. But, um, that's what, that's what the scene was. It was these massive house club bangers and, you know, that's, uh, game was gaining a lot of popularity. Um, but then, you know, Avicii started out very much in that house realm, but his, then he comes out with these meteoric hits that come out such as levels, uh, fade into darkness, silhouettes. And that showed early on that this guy was just different. Um, it has, you know, a little bit more upbeat and fun, but it didn't lose that club friendly vibe. Um, and you know, several of those early hits also feature something that were pretty rare for the time in the EDM script, uh, you know, really strong vocals and lyrics that feel like they're telling you a story. Right. Um, so 2013 comes along and Avicii releases true and just sets that EDM script ablaze. And it's, it was amazing to see, um, you know, from track one, it's crystal clear that this wasn't your grandfather's dance music. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for me, it, it was, it was a sensational thing. Um, and I knew from, you know, moment one that this was going to be something special. So yeah, Dale, what, what are your thoughts? Cause you, I don't think you really, I mean, I know you've known some of hits, but I, what was your like initial thoughts on this? Like your on this album listen. So I knew the first four, four songs mm-hmm. on my first listen through i was like oh i remember this i remember this like i remember i'm at like dance clubs and stuff um what i didn't know was how much i was going to enjoy like the second half of the album because those were songs i that weren't radio hits right and that's i feel like that's where it kind of shines maybe it's because i'm so used to the other songs but i feel like it is one of those things where if we didn't do this podcast i wouldn't know i wouldn't have known some of these songs and i feel like some of them are, are pretty important like um I think Shame on Me is a fun one. Yeah. Uh, Lay Me Down was. Uh, oh, Lay Me Down. That fucking chorus. We'll get into it. But yeah. Um, and then Hope There's Someone. Like, that's yeah. like a, a hauntingly beautiful I'm song. I'm surprised yeah. you like that song because it's a, it's a slow build and it teases you. And we'll, again, we'll get into it. Yeah. But I'm surprised you like that song. But yeah, I, I guess it just struck me in the right mood when I listened sure. to it the first time. And so, um, kind of what I do. I just listen to the album a couple times before I even start writing stuff mm-hmm. down. That way I can kind of figure out yeah. my thoughts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I found a, a quote from Avicii. I don't know if any of you guys had this, but um, he said, true is about me being true to my sound, but also to my own influences and musical preferences. For me, it will always be successful if it resonates with people, no matter how many. It's what I stand for, so whoever loves it loves what I love. And that's what fans are to me. I yeah, was like, that's Damn. awesome. 
Because a lot of times, you know, I'm not... A lot of popular music wants to cater to their audience, and he's kind of like, people will follow me if I'm passionate about it. And that's a cool sentiment. Yeah, Yeah. and I think that that played a lot into what made him so groundbreaking and so endearing is that um, you could tell that, like, this guy's a lover. Yeah. Uh, If you watched him and you followed his career, like, he did have a lot of love for his fans, and he very much loved the music. Um, You know, I think we talked about this earlier, Kevin. Like, we don't want to talk too much about his death because, you know, it's pretty sad to get into. But um, it really makes you feel the weight of his loss when you dive back into some of these things Mm -hmm. and you realize just how creative he was and how how much he changed the landscape and how much more he could have done because um, he was still trending that way. You know, his last releases before his passing were uh, incredible. Um, So... Yeah, that's it's always been a really, really tough one for me. Yeah. And the first thing I wrote is what an artist died in Tim Bergling. You know, that classic, uh, was that Nero? That was supposedly what Nero said when he was dying. He's like, what an artist dies in me. You know, it's just the classic (laughs) as he's fiddling as Rome burns. Yeah, what a guy. Uh, What an artist dies in me. (laughs) What a a piece of shit. But uh, I I think it was, I think it was uh, fitting for, I think it actually applies to Avicii here. And you know, what what an artist died in Tim Bergling. And he really like Ben, I think we've all kind of touched on it because he really was kind of on an upward trajectory and, it's a it's a shame. I mean, if anybody doesn't know, he committed suicide um, in kind of a gruesome fashion, and uh, it's sad. It kind of resonated, and uh, one thing that really struck me was because I wasn't a huge like I liked Avicii, like I wasn't a huge Avicii super fan like Ben is, but um, the first big festival, Ultra, after his death in 2019, uh, I, I happened to <laughs> sorry Ben. <laughs> Uh, happened you to catch me there already. <laughs> they were they were playing it on BPM, the the uh, serious radio station. They were live streaming it, and I just happened to catch it on the way to work. Um, Tiesto set, and I happened to catch the part where he's like, and this is dedicated to my friend. And I knew everybody knew who he was talking about, and I just started crying in my mm-hmm. car on the way to work. And he played Davici's song, and that's when I knew like I loved Davici. And I was like, because I, I again, I I was I listened to his music, but I wasn't a super fan, and that really kind of struck me. I was like, man he really really changed he, he was important he's important mm-hmm. and you can tell by the all the tributes that came out that year and th- th- the beginning of that festival season season in 2019 uh there was a huge tribute to him at tomorrowland uh the whole like the whole top of the stage was dedicated yeah. to tim yeah it hasn't gone anywhere like it, it continues um i mean obviously in 2020 um you know festivals and shows and things like that are unfortunately on hold which is killing me but um <laughs> Uh, you know, even going back to last year, um, I went to a couple festivals, Electric Forest, and and even at Lost Lands, which is like a heavy bass festival, very, very different from what Avicii did, there were still Avicii tributes. Yeah. And he touched everything and everyone in the music. So um, I'm really glad to be able to dive in and talk about his music. Cool. You ready to get into it? Let's do it. Cool. All right. So, yeah, we'll hop right into it. I'll start with Wake Me Up. Uh, this song was the absolute song of the summer in 2013. It exploded onto the scene. It permeated that whole entire summer. And I often, I'm going to, I talk about this in my closing notes, but I'm going to bring it up now because it's relevant to this song. The, the years of 2012 through 2015, I consider some of the best of my life. They were just fun. They were carefree. And this album and specifically this song have a lot of weight in my memory as far as those years go. 
because it's just so good. It, it, like Ben talked about earlier, like from track one, you can tell this is different. This is not your grandfather's dance music. <laughs> print the t-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> print oh, the yeah t- I guess get them going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's, it, it's, it was the beginning. I don't know if Aloe Black had done anything before this, but this, this shot him into the stratosphere. And that's a good partnership, like going forward, Avicii and Aloe Black. Um, but this was in like an Eminem commercial, I think, or something. I oh, know they did a they did a song. Ala Black and Avicii did a song for Eminem's specifically, or some <laughs> yeah. shit like that. Um, but yeah, this this it's it's just just such a good marriage. Ala Black and Avicii on this track. It's 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 like a folksy countryish type vibe, which mm. you just don't hear in EDM, and it just was it blew people's minds. It's like you can you can meld these and make them sound good. It, it reminded me of when yeah. people started to bring like rap and country together, and it just was fucking garbage. You know, Cole Ford is coming after your ass now. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I don't care. Coming for his whole spot. You know, know, country and rap crap. It had never been done before, I, like to my knowledge. Yeah, no, I don't think this had ever been done, and I, it's it's funny because I like to think about you know what can EDM what genre can EDM take on next and I always think about classical but that's been done before but country is really the main thing they hadn't done yet and you know Aloe Black isn't a country artist he's like a, he's more of a soulful guy um, but this is a very country inspired track and you know it's got classic house stuff that Avicii is really good at uh, it's just really cool it's it, the lyrics are, are prevalent it's you know one not wanting to wake up from a dream and so like I'll, I'll wake up when it's over you know when I'm wiser and I'm older then I'll start living, you know, I'll wake up from this awesome life that I'm living. Don't wake me up yet. Uh, I love, it's like, I try to carry the weight of the world, but I only had two hands. Like, it's like, let me live, man. Let me live my dream. It's great. It's, it's, it's really, really a, just a great track. And what a way to start off the album. I would say this song probably defines the 20, if I was going to pick a song to define like the 2010s as a decade, yeah. I would think this song. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. It's got like some deeper meaning to it, and it's like a fun song. I remember it being on the radio and be like, oh, this song bangs. And he's like, all this time I was finding myself, and I didn't know I was lost. Yeah. I was like, I think I was 21 at the time. I was like, yep. I was like, a hand on your heart. Like, <laughs> yep. whoa, <laughs> it hits yeah. you. It that's hits not you. a radio song. Yeah, it hits you. Yeah. Um, I guess I kind of just went next. But yeah, that, that was <laughs> all I really had to say was this is a fucking phenomenal op- album opener. Yeah, and we talk about that a lot. I mean, we always talk about like the beginning and end of an album and how it kind of sets up the mood for, you know, the next listen of that album. And that just that really clean like uh, acoustic guitar that starts out that really cool riff. Like, wait a second. I thought this was a Vici. I yeah. thought this was a dance album. Yeah. And then it's just, man, is it good? It kind of fades out, and then Aloe Black's vocals come in by themselves, and then you start to get the beat, and it just slowly builds into this really fucking just transcendent, happy track. I can I picture like this being played at a when I listen to EDM, I always try to listen like listen to it in the um, realm of being at a show and seeing the fireworks going off during the show and the, the pyrotechnics and stuff. And this is this is a perfect like song for like ultra that's on the beach and stuff mm-hmm. like that so i sorry I'll, I'll let you go in a second i'm i'm so sorry <laughs> no, 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 i'm go. not used to oh, three people being know, right uh, all good. Uh, i remember we went to a dance club a lot when i was younger and this song played and at the very end where it was like yes there was like mist coming out and you would be so i mean it was so hot in there and you'd be so pumped for that part of the song so i still hear it and i'm like looking for a mister in my car when i listen to it well, that's, that's one thing, one of the things I love about EDM shows, and I think everybody should go to one, because it's more than just the music. Like, you go to a rock show, it's the music. There's, there's, there's lights and stuff, but 
EDM shows focus so heavily on the visuals and the visceral nature of just being there where the pyrotechnics are timed up with stuff like that. And it's just, it's a whole different experience. And it's just this really cool, full, like, sensual, like, not sensual, sent. Sensory. That's the word I'm yeah. looking for. Not sensual. It could, complete, be. could, it be, could sensual. be sensual. It's, uh, sometimes it is. <laughs> uh, but it's this whole sensory experience. And uh, that's what I love about EDM shows more than like rock, rock shows are awesome. Yeah. But there's something different about EDM show. It's, and a lot of that's built to, to, um, to be able to share it with the people around you. Yeah. It's a different culture at EDM shows. Um, but I don't want to go too much into that. Because right, right. I will literally talk all day. All right. about wake me up, Ben. What are your thoughts on wake me up? <laughs> um, but I also have a lot to say about these first four songs. So, you know, cut me off if I'm starting to ramble. But um, what a start, Wake Me Up, is uh, it's not just a great intro to the album, but a great intro to why Avicii is so incredibly endearing if you're unfamiliar with them. Um, so basically, like like I said, with the, with the earlier kind of exposition I gave, you know, think of the time in EDM that this was. All these house bangers and just like going hard and like huge crazy drops. And then you cue on, you know, Avicii, who comes out with his very first album, and you're expecting probably some more fun house. Uh, and then this little country riff comes in, and it's it just totally flips the script. And it's incredible. Um, right from, from that first note, you know that this is new. This is unique. This is remarkably creative. You know, Wake Me Up came into the dance floor at Ibiza from left field with its full confused danceology. Um, and it marks the true beginning, uh, to me, it marks the true beginning of Avicii's quest to really start sharing his personal story with his listeners, which is very much what he tried to do in a lot of his music. Um, but you know, a lot of his earlier hits were more about, you know, him just trying to gain traction and, you know, coming up with that next big hit and, you know, putting something that's fun to dance to when he sits down and makes true, he's trying to actually start sharing his story. Um, because again, if you don't have a whole lot of background on Avicii, he's he's this extreme introvert, which has a lot to do with his you know the tragic tale. Um, just that he you know he didn't really have a way to cope with a lot of what he was with the superstardom that he rose to. Um, so for him, this this was his way of sharing his tale because he he didn't know how to talk about it per se. So he wanted to share it through music, um, and you know I I can I can't say enough about this song. It's a lot of fun to listen to. Um, the, the country riffs that carry you along and then it gets to that, you know, very recognizable Avicii drop. Uh, and it just, it takes you to this really fun dancey place. And, um, you know, back in, back in the before times, 2013, um, you know, a young, a young Ben Carter heard this song for the first time. And I feel like I got my first proper introduction to Tim. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, hi, Mr. Avicii, damn pleasure to meet you. Sure. Hell yeah, man. Do what you got to say. Are we already we already talked to you about yeah. this? So let's uh, again, great opener. But let's move on to you make me. You make me. I think if I were assembling the album myself, I would put this number one. Okay. Um, yeah, I can see that with the opener, with the opening. Just because you are wake me up is such like a powerful like. You kind of want people to like work their way to it. If that's the only song they heard, you gonna you want them to work for it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So maybe two or three. I don't know. Obviously, it's not up to me. The album's seven years old. But if, that's just kind of how I thought of it. I thought You Make Me kind of felt like an album opener. Um, it's got a, um, some cool pop EDM elements. And then the the beat drop after the chorus I thought was really cool because um, it's kind of just subverting expectations, mm-hmm. which I'm always a huge fan of. Um, but I think it's very accessible and 
it makes sense that it was the the second single. It was the second single, right? I believe so. I, it, it's one of the singles. I yeah, think yeah, the first yeah. four. Yeah, were singles. I yes. do believe he will, he released "Wake Me Up" first. Um, but "You Make Me" was a single he released to actually like it, tease the album. Well, it is it is this. I have actually an anecdote about that. So yeah, um, they did. Oh, so, you talk about the silo. I talk about oh, the silo. You, well, you can talk about the no, silo. No, that's fine. You can talk about. Well, the mine's silo. literally <laughs> just a quote. Okay. So pulled from genius. Um, so I don't because I, it's a long paragraph. So I'll let you talk about it, but but. Um, because you're probably going to be more organic about it. But it's a really, really cool story about how he released this song and how he teased the album with it. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I love this song. The, the boom, boom, ching, boom. The, the way it opens is just... Yeah. It does kind of just crash in there. It so crashes in. Saying, like being a good intro, yeah, it just kind of crashes. Uh, it's that, that's, that starting beat that really hits you in the chest. Uh, and I love it. But I, I love the story of the silo so much more about this song. I mean, it's just a cool fucking way... And to really go viral with this. And it's such a forward way of thinking about it. And it's, it was just, it's, it was, again, it was all about his fans and it was including his fans and letting them kind of be raw. Um, so yeah, I, again, I love this track. I don't want to talk too much about it cause I want Ben to kind of gush over the silo. <laughs> so, well, I, I had some notes that are gushing for sure. Um, but I mean, probably no surprise here. I love this song. It, it immediately it keeps up the tempo and it intro but kind of introduces like a little bit like a crunchier vibe almost yeah. like a like, um, just a different totally different vibe definitely more straightforward EDM um, but definitely another wildly creative track um, it's weird because in some ways it's one of the most like straightforward like dance track on the album except for Dear Boy which we'll mm-hmm. get into later but uh, in some ways it's also hyper experimental so it's got this like jazzy chaos to it. And it's got like almost a gritty um, experimental rock vibe in some places. Um, it's got this heavy gut punching piano with like these simple yet refined drum fills and that unmistakable Avicii tone to the instrumental. And, you know, that's something I look for in all my music. You know, artists who just have their own unimitatable yeah. sound, their, their, their own tone to their music. And I think that's yeah. especially important in EDM too, because yeah. we've just, we've discussed before where there's a lot of guys that kind of are copying other people. Right. So when you find somebody that sounds different and you immediately, you know, that that's that artist, yep. um, you know, Julian Cowler, Tiesto, Hardwell, Hardwell has a very specific kind of drop that he does. It's like yep. an anti-drop, yeah. um, Avicii. Yeah, yeah. Above and beyond. Like you can tell these, these big artists, they're, they're huge names in the industry for a reason. they they separate them. The cream, they're, they're cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. So sorry, I'll let you finish your, your thought. But yeah, you know, again, if you're trying to get an EDM, you have to find that right kind of person. Yeah. Well, it's not just an EDM. Like I agree, like it is really important at EDM because some of it can sound the same yeah. a lot of the time if you're not like really used to listening to it. Um, but to me, that's, it's, it's all music that like, that's kind of what separates my favorite artists most of the time, you know, Fair my enough. favorite singers, my favorite guitarists, even my favorite bassists, like they all have that like unique sound or yeah. tone. Yeah. Um, you know, Kirk Hammett has that to me. Yeah. He has a very unique guitar tone. Uh, yeah. Like nobody really can copy that. Um, but back to the song, like you make me as it's a super fun listen to for me every single time. And it, it makes me dance. And that's something I crave. Um, but yeah, I, going back to the way he, he actually used this as the, uh, the intro or the teaser for the album. Uh, it was the album art specifically, but he set up this really, really cool display in an abandoned nuclear missile silo in Sweden, um, which who knew they had nukes, but, um, <laughs> like it just showed how eager he was to kind of immerse his fans into his experience because, you know, he wasn't necessarily, like, he didn't want to be a public face. 
Um, you know, he didn't necessarily like being in front of that many people, um, but he still very much wanted his fans to be a part of his experience. And this was kind of one of his ways of doing it. So he set up like this, this glass display, um, and it was like a social media involvement thing to where like the more people would tweet in about like, uh, you know, embracing true and like, uh, you know, getting more hype about it. Um, it would turn on these speakers inside this, this missile silo. So it would get louder and louder and louder. And eventually it started breaking this glass that revealed what the album art was going to be. It's really it cool. It's a really, really cool thing. Um, and like, it just, it, it shows that his creativity was not just limited to, uh, musical expression. It was, he was just a creative soul. Um, and he had a lot of ideas in his head and he was very excited to do them and involve his fans in them. Yeah. And then the hashtag for it was hashtag true reveal. And the day the fans were encouraged to share something that they were, that was personal that they wanted to reveal about themselves, which is kind of the overall theme of this album is like Tim being true to himself. And I think that's, that's so cool that the more tweets that came in with that hashtag, the louder the music got, the louder different parts would come in. And then eventually, like Ben said, it shattered the glass and the album was revealed. Like the album cover was revealed. That's genius. I love that. seems like, like something from a TV show. Yeah. Like, that right? does right? not seem like something that yeah. would really happen. That's really cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And it, 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 that, that was my main note on the song was just how cool and creative it was so. I mean, people had already heard the first single. This was the second single, so they knew the album was coming out. And so, what a way to reveal this album! Um, so yeah, I mean, let's let's move on from there. Uh, ben, what do you have to say about "Hey Brother"? Oh boy! Well, cue the maniacal laughter because this song is a stroke. <laughs> thank you. This show, this song is a stroke of mad genius. If you were a typical EDM fan of the day and you thought "Wake Me Up" was weird at first. You know, you make me was probably a little bit of a big relief. Like, oh, man, okay, Avicii was just being silly in the intro. Let's dance. And then Hey Brother comes on, and Avicii says, nope, we're going back to country, folks, and this time it's a slow jam. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. Uh, but the really funny thing is that the song is just truly, truly good. Yeah. Um, and a little fun fact here, the, the song is sung by Dan Tominski, who yep. is the voice of the Soggy Bottom Boys yep. from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yep. I'm yep. a man of constant sorrow. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, you didn't yeah. know that? Ben, oh, you're yeah. welcome back anytime, dude. That was a fun fact. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, uh, I'm, I'm here for the fun facts. Um, wow. But yeah, like, and you know, you, like you just know Avicii put in a lot of work to find that guy. Yeah. And like, he, like he knew like, all right, that's the voice I want. Like, it's just right. Um, but you know, I really want to talk about the lyrics here for the first time. Um, because Hey Brother's story is one that needs to be told. And I feel this way about Wake Me Up too. but you know, we spent a lot of time talking about other stuff, didn't really get into it, but I won't make that mistake here. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. It's a song. It's a song about familial bonds and just how far they will go, and the chorus very much speaks to that. What if I'm far from home? Oh, brother, I will hear you call. What if I lose it all? Oh, sister, I will help you out. Oh, if the sky comes falling down for you, <laughs> there's nothing in this world I wouldn't do. <laughs> um, so, for Avicii, those bonds stretch to the ends of the earth and back, and. I feel like he drops the the tempo of the intro and the vocal throughout the song to kind of match that emotional weight. Um, 
but then, you know, again, just, you know, kind of similar to wake me up, he brings back in that idiomatic Avicii drop and it brings everything back up to dance speeds and everything's right with the world. What a track. I, I, I love it. I can gush about it all day. Um, and it, <laughs> you might not know this yet, Dylan, but, um, Kevin knows my uh, thoughts on modern pop country are, uh, well documented for him, but uh, it cracks me up that uh, two of my favorite country songs from the last decade come from a Swedish EDM superstar. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. And then if you add, is, uh, if you add a couple from Stories and yeah, yeah, one yeah. from Kygo a couple years ago, it's the top five <laughs> are from <laughs> Swedish and Norwegian DJ superstars. But yeah, that's, that's, that's mostly what I want to say. It, it's, it's a really good song, a really good story, and it's... It's really Avicii trying to connect with people on an emotional level again. So what do you have to say? Because I'm actually, you know what? I'll go. I'll go. Because I don't. I have to. I have to build on what Ben was saying. Because I had a lot of the same notes. Yeah. About how it's about this really strong familial bond, and uh, just when again we talked about horns last week. When the horns kick up in this song, it really just kicks it up a notch, brings it back to that kind of dancey vibe Ben was just talking about, um, and it really talks about that importance of you know, the uncertainty of it talks about the importance of a familial bond and then the uncertainty of what you will have when you don't have that. Um, and how important it is to have that support system. Um, and again, I just thought it's, it's another signature of each track. This is, this is the kind of paradigm shift that we see that kind of set up pop music that I talked about earlier. Um, and again, it's weird to hear two country songs in the first three tracks on this album. Do you here? Here's a question that's going to sound like a joke, but I'm being halfway serious. How quickly do you think Luke Bryan tried to get a hold of Avicii and was like, <laughs> "I got a song about pouring sugar in a Dixie cup that you could just fuck up. You could just lay some beats to." <laughs> what do you say? I imagine. I imagine. <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you have to think he probably did. I yeah, bet Luke Bryan could not get a hold of him fast enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, oh, God. Yeah, I, well, the thing is, like, after this album, a whole bunch of artists reached out to Avicii and wanted to work with him. I mean, mm-hmm. you see that on stories, like his next album. I mean, it's just full of people that that are titans in the music industry that wanted to work with him. So I, he probably did. Yeah. You know. Uh, Missed opportunities. Him, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but... The world will never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Um, I put a goddamn country EDM song. This dude has some stones. But it also goes so hard. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's trying. It feels like it's yeah. like a genuine effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can tell he probably grew up listening to country music. Just because to have that kind of sensibility, um, you have to be pretty intimate with it. Um, I feel like he could do a whole country EDM album. He absolutely could. And I thought that would have been like a really cool thing. Okay, here's my last question about Hey Brother. Yeah, let's have it. Did we do this whole podcast because you guys sing, the Carter Bros sing uh, Hey Brother to one another? People were asking. That was actually our, our number one email that we received this week. <laughs> yeah. Did we pick True just because we're going to have both Carter Bros on? The yes. answer is yes. Yes. Okay, absolutely. We, we, long, we stare at each other. That's why I had him over light last night so we could sit on the couch and stare at each other. Just <laughs> trade lines of this song to each other <laughs> pass a bottle of bourbon back and forth <laughs> <laughs> we actually uh, we actually used to have a we used to yes. watch the amazing race a lot and when we were growing up and uh, we we always had this desire to go on the amazing race together and just have our caption be brothers in love yeah. <laughs> Put a little question mark at the <laughs> star cross brothers yeah. <laughs> that's even better star, <laughs> i did not think of that star cross brothers 
Fantastic. Oh, Dylan. You never cease to amaze, sir. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's good shit. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> if we can. Uh, so, Addicted to You is the next song on the track. Uh, this is probably one that people have heard as well. Um, it's my favorite track on the album. I just, it's. If you were listen to Avicii's levels and you are used to him like sampling old soul singers that had a James track, this is this is a return to form for you if you if that's the Avicii ear that you have. And I love 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 this track. The way it soars into the chorus, and like it, we were me and Ben were listening to Stone on the way over here, and I was driving, and I was like, dude, look at my arm. It was just full goose pimples, dude. Just the whole, the, just because the way. Every it just time. soars. It's so it never stops. It soars all the way to the end, and then it just. Poof. The song is less than three minutes long, and man, what a tour de force! Um, Audra May is the vocalist on this song, and she slays it, dude. Absolutely slays this vocal because it starts out really slow, and then you hear the the drums kind of build up. I'm addicted to you, hooked on your love, and it just it just man oh man does it really kick in for that chorus, and it just again. I use the word soars 20 times already, but that's what this song does. It just, it feels like you're flying. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If, and that's kind of what this, it's everybody's been there, man, where you just, you're so obsessed with somebody that it's a powerful drug that you can't get enough of. I'm addicted to you. Uh, so yeah, man, I, I absolutely adore this track. And, uh, so, uh, Dill, what do you got? What do you, cause you're, you've got the next song, right? Yeah. So oh, let's, yeah. let's, let's go to you and then we can come back to you. Uh, yeah. The vocal performance was fucking out of this world. Yeah. Out of this world, man. Um, it has like folk at the very beginning. Yes. And I think that's like, gives it the momentum that kind of leads it into the rest of the song. It kind of felt like Amy Winehouse vibes. I don't know. Sure. I can get that. Yeah. I don't know. Not- I don't know. It's just a feeling I had. Sure. I didn't know who it was before I looked it up. So I was like, is this Amy Winehouse? Which, when did she die? And then I Googled it and you know, figured it all out myself. But that's what it gave me the vibes of. Um, <laughs> well done. I'd heard this song before, but I didn't know it was an Avicii song. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of a testament to him. Like I hear songs on the radio periodically. And you know, if you're not shazaming it immediately, you can just hear songs right. throughout the year. So anyway, I didn't have a whole lot. But I do really like the song. And I think it will be a song I, I circle back to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay, boys, th- this is where, <laughs> this is where I might get emotional. Okay. Um, so to prevent myself from getting emotional, I- I'm going to talk about another one of my, uh, my musical quirks I have. Um, the artists I jive with the most, uh, tend to, well, they have what I consider to be their masterclass songs. Um, that's just what I call it. Uh, and it's where every single element of the song seems to work together perfectly. The instrumental, the lyrics, the vocals, the composition of it, the effects, everything builds off of each other and it evolves together to perfectly capture that artist's sound mastered. This is one of Avicii's masterclass songs. It's a song about someone who tends to love too deep, like Kevin touched on. Um, and, and that's very, and that's on the surface. It's very, very easy to tell that. Um, but underneath, I think it's Avicii talking about himself again. Um, and you know, maybe it was about romantic love experiences, but I think also maybe it could be about him, uh, cherishing his fans and the experience they have when they come to his shows, but already you kind of get that vibe that he knows he doesn't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, and it's very hard for him to escape that because it's like a drug and he, he feels like he has to, um, 
but it, it starts out really slow and it sounds like this soulful love ballad. Um, but then with the lyric that you came into my crazy world, like a cool and cleansing rain. And the line after that, it just starts picking up sharply and it launches you into the shockingly powerful vocal that brings together, it, it brings like an absolute desperation yeah. to the song. And the instrumental reinforces that desperation all the way through those final hanging notes of the outro. Um, and it's really, for me, it's a, it's a knockout roundhouse kick right to the feels. It brings me goosebumps every time and sometimes to the brink of tears. And that's that's the magic of Avicii. Um, it, this song, it, it packs way too much power and depth to the sound and the vocals and the lyrics to not have come from an intensely personal place. Yeah. Um, it, you really feel him. You feel his soul in this song. And it, damn, it's good. I... I, I like this song is one of those like five star, I put it on my top 25 of all time. Like I will listen to it anytime, anywhere, any place. And I will love it. Hell yeah, man. I think, I think you nailed it too with the the desperation in the vocal and the way, again, it kind of becomes more frenetic, not frenetic, but more fast paced and more kind of as he realizes that he's addicted to this drug and, um, whether it be romantic love or the the performance that he feels like he has to put on. Um, yeah, there's a certain desperation and like it's coming, like the vocals come from the soul here. So yeah, I think that's, that's really astute. And, uh, you know, I, I, again, it's, like I said, this is my favorite track on the album and I think Ben really kind of summed that up perfectly. So, um, Dylan, unless you have anything else to, to add on there, let's move on to uh, dear boy. Dear boy, I'm going to say it's my least favorite song on sure, the album. I get that. Um, this is where EDM loses me. And like the in, the intro of this song kind of feels like a, tum, 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 like a, yeah. like a nineties. It's, it's a four, four on the floor. The classic boots, and some, cats, some boots and cats. Yeah. And it gets really repetitive. It bugged the hell out of me. But for the sake of the podcast, I push my <laughs> way through. And when it gets to the pre-chorus, I feel like that's where it like shines. Yeah. And when it reintroduces that sound, it's like building and the sound doesn't, I feel like there's just a lot more going on. So it's not as like uh, prevalent in my mind. And I thought once you get, if you can make it to the pre-chorus of the song, it's a really good song, but it didn't need to be seven minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. That's fair. Um, yeah. And it, it, it's, again, it's a very, very, I think this is very surface level too. This is the, the really the most straight up, like, festival house track on the album yeah. this is something he would play at a show like kind of in the middle of the show kind of like a, a palate cleanser mm-hmm. um it's about two two lovers that are trying to rekindle some lost love and it's like I'm, I'm you're a wild boy i'm a wild girl too it's it's very it's very in tune with the kind of people that go to edm shows it's like yeah we're wild we're wild kids we're we're we're, we're, we're children of the forest <laughs> um we're here we're out in the mud we're out dancing around we got shit all over oh, our face don't even get me started <laughs> so uh that's what to me what this song encapsulates mm. again what I said what I said earlier about trying to fit these songs and how they would fit into a festival set and that kind of gives it a little bit more um, enjoyability because I understand this is a this is a long song for mm. sure it's the longest song on the album by far and it does it has a lot of those like repetitive elements that I think people kind of push people away from EDM but you're right if you, if you listen to it it rewards you with that really cool pre-chorus uh, and the lyrics are, you know, again, they're surface level, but they're still really cool to listen to. It's, it's, it's still a good, a good theme of 
like, hey, man, we got a lot of shit in common. We're both here dancing in the mud. Let's let's make this work. You know, we're here in an Avicii show. We're both wild kids. We're wild childs. Mm. Wild childs? Wild children? I like wild. I like wild childs better. Let's go with that. Um, Yeah. Again, you're right, Dell. It's 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 it's. I think the least creatively driven song. I mean, it's still a great track. It's still a great EDM track, but it doesn't. It doesn't quite fit the idiom of the rest of the album, where it's very genre bending and genre breaking Mm -hmm. in a way. And this is more of just a straight up festival track. So. Ben, yeah. what you got? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll echo some of those sentiments. My uncontrollable gushing should relax a little bit now um, over the back half of the album. But uh, I do disagree with some of those points uh, coming from the perspective of, you know, a huge, huge EDM fan. Um, you know, Dear Boy, to me, it is a great song, and it, it harkens back to those earlier Vici tracks that mm-hmm. I mentioned that really fueled his rise to fame. Um, you know, vocally driven uh, lyrics that are there and they're present. And they're actually trying to say something yeah. like it's not, it's not his most personal or like connective song, but um, it's not like cinema for by Benny Manasseh. Right. It's yeah. not, yeah, it's not touch cinema. me. And then, <laughs> <It's> pitch, <man. laughs> um, but you know, it, oh, no, no, sorry. That's, that's, uh, that's not cinema. That's satisfaction. Sorry. Oh yeah. You're right. <laughs> Whoops. Oh man. I can't believe I didn't catch that. <laughs> That's my fault. That's my fault. I led you in with the wrong song. EDM jail. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, but no, I mean, it's definitely the most straightforward dance track on the album. Uh, which I understand like that's gonna, you know, that's gonna rub some people the wrong way if they're listening to it now to, to kind of go back and look at the career of Avicii. Um, but to me, that's not a bad thing when it comes to Avicii yeah. because he is really, really good and really creative at just composing EDM. Uh, there, there are some really fun and creative uh, elements musically, uh, especially in that main drop uh, in the instrumental. Uh, there's that clever little trill that sounds like little raindrops coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's it's followed on the next like time the, the drop comes around with that like killer reverb that comes through. And then the next one's just a dead drop. Um, it keeps you guessing and it's another, it, it is another like strong lyrical vocal combo about trying to rekindle that fading love. So it at least has a theme. It has something it's going for. Um, and it, it's some reprieve for those who were listening to it back in the day, you know, expecting a lot of great dance tracks. Um, but if you're listening to it now, looking for that wild of creativity, don't worry. It gets wild and weird again. Yeah, it sure does. Uh, I think Ben, you're up next on this track for liar, liar, Ooh, liar, liar. All right. Yeah. Liar, um, liar. yeah fire up the doors. Oof. Um, yeah, f- <laughs> fire up the doors because we're back into the experimental realm. It's, it's got a keyboard riff straight from the psychedelic rock. Oh, it's so good. Um, it, yeah, it's, awesome. it's, oh, it's so good. It's, it's really, really good. Um, and it really sets up like, so for me, this song, um, the back half of the album for me, I really like it. Um, as you could probably tell from the way I've talked so far, like there's nothing bad on this album for me. Um, but the back half isn't as great as the front half for me. And th- this track, this track really does kind of set it up creativity with drawing influence from all over the place and mirroring it with that Avicii sound. Um, and it's, it, that back half starts to uh, set the stage for a second album stories too, for reasons I'll kind of go into later. Um, it doesn't stand out as much for me. Uh, and I think that's mostly because of like the Avicii parts of this, of these songs. Um, they don't really stand out amongst his, his catalog that I know really well in his archives of uh, archive of songs. Um, but that doesn't mean they're not really good. Um, 
like this one included. Like I really like Liar Liar. It's a really fun song. It's got like an almost Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds style <laughs> lyrical flow sure. to it. It's kind of nonsensical, yet still cohesive. Um, and I really, really, I really, really do love the chorus, uh, which is again Aloe Black in this song. Um, liar, liar, no, you don't ever tell the truth. Liar, liar, can't nobody say you're fireproof. And it's just a clever little twist on that childhood cliche, liar, liar, pants on fire. It's two weeks in a row. Yeah, dude, liar, 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 pants on fire. <laughs> Damn it. I was going to say that. It's all right. <laughs> two weeks in a row where we have two songs that are very similarly, similar lyrically and similar, obviously in the name, because it's both liar, liar, and two weeks in a row where it's the kind of a frenetic energy to it as yeah. well. Mm. Um, but yeah, like, yeah so that's a clever little tweet, like, especially for someone who English isn't his first language, right? Yeah. So like, you know, it's, it's just fun that he was able to come up with that. Yeah, no, I just kind of build on that. Um, and I, I said the same thing and my first thing is, and we snap back right into that creative genus. Cause that, that organ, man, holy shit, is it good? It's just, it's just this weird kind of neo like psychedelic rock in Inagata da Vida, like magic carpet ride kind of organ that I, that I actually really hate in classic rock, but it works here. It works so well here because of his musical sensibility. Uh, he makes it work. It, it's not as meandering and weird as it is in like classic seventies, like psychedelic rock. It, it, it's very focused and it makes that sound awesome. And, uh, you know, and again that when that it just drops and it goes liar, liar. And then it, the, the, the organ comes right back into it, like this crazy organ solo. It's so, so, so fun to listen to. And I just wrote, yeah, the, the chorus is fucking fire is what I wrote <laughs> uh, with that growling vocal and the organ. And this is, this is where I talk about this. This is really, you really start to see that electro pop kind of thing come through mm-hmm. and people like Dua Lipa owe a lot to, this album because they don't have a career without Avicii. Well, they might, but it, it might not. It, there's a good chance that, you know, without this genre bending album and, st- and songs like this, that the, you don't see like Halsey doing tracks. You don't see like the electro tracks that she's doing. You don't see Dua Lipa. You don't see Rita Ora. You don't see all these cool like pop artists that are doing EDM beats. And it's, it's, it, Man, I fucking love this album, and I this is such a good snapback from where we just were, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. Again, it's not my favorite track on the album, but it's just the way it snaps you back. It's like, hey, yeah, okay, here's your EDM track. Boom. Guess what, guys? I'm a, I'm fucking genius. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of the same way. Um, uh, hey, brother, flips the switch back yeah, from yeah, from yeah. you make me. Yeah, yeah. I really like is the uh, the female uh, singer Blondfire. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Never heard of her, but I really like how she has like hush vocals. Yeah. And then when he, it like almost like makes you lean in a little bit. And then he's like, liar, liar. You're like, oh, shoot. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, jarring. I, like, yeah. I love it. Um, yeah. I didn't know Alba Block was in two songs on this album, yeah. which yeah. is freaking awesome. Yeah, um, that's him on the chorus again. But yeah, that there were, this song was a very pleasant surprise for me because this is one of the few so far that I, I hadn't heard. So mm-hmm. I was getting really jacked up. And it, am I next? Yes. Next? So if you're yeah, if you're done with liar liar, wait, let's move. Am I wait, next? No, you would be next. next. Am I next? Yeah. I'm next because I started with liar liar. You're right. My bad. Uh, this is so confusing. Just adding one person to this equation. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, we're idiots. Don't worry, guys. I already got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, shame on me. Uh, I the, the opening verse of this song is one of the most brutal things I've ever seen in my life. It's the, the opening verses. 
I'm baptized and born again. You can go to hell with your fucked up friends. Crazy little bitch in the first degree. Shame on you for loving me. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. And it's like, man, I'm like, holy shit. Like, this guy hates this bitch. This is one of the few times you can use the phrase brutally bouncy. <laughs> yeah, because that's, I was like bobbing my head and I looked up the lyrics. I was like, what? Yeah. That's, that's crazy town. There, oh, what is <laughs> that? That is wild. <laughs> he is not saying that. <laughs> this is supposed to be a Fiji. I thought he was a nice guy. I thought he was a nice boy. <laughs> uh, Imagine whoever was supposed <laughs> to sing that was like, is everything okay, dude? Like, Tim, yeah. what's going on? Yeah. I'm reading what you tell me to sing, and this is just... <laughs> Do you need to talk, dude? Yeah. So, yeah, I wrote that. This is It's two breakup songs in a row, which is crazy, um, which is a, a big departure from the stuff we've been doing, though, where it's a lot of love songs, and to have two kind of, like, breakup-y songs in a row. And I, I love the energy in this song, because I, 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 when I was listening to it and I was reading the lyrics, I just imagined... It's a guy and a girl. They're having the same argument, but they're having it with each with, by themselves in an empty room, just like punching at the air, like yelling these things, like "fuck you" and your crazy friends, "fuck <laughs> you." Why do you? How dare you love me? Just like in an empty room, punching the air, and then she's having the same argument by herself in her apartment, <laughs> and it's just it's that that bed to it. It's again, that's a very surface level look at this song, but I, again, I think this not every again, it's not that deep sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, I just the energy in it is so so good, and coming off of liar liar into this just fucking firecracker of a song. It's it's again, it's it's not one of my favorite songs on the album, but it's still really fucking good. It's yeah. just it's brutal, and it is yeah again, it's a brutal bop. It it's my favorite song on the album. Hell yeah! yeah. So there you go. Nice. That's really all I had. To say. I I kind of interjected. No no no, it's thoughts. okay. Yeah. Um. So you can go ahead, Ben. Okay. Uh. So. Definitely not my favorite on the album, but probably my favorite on the back half, I think. Sure. I, I, re- I really do like Shame on Me. Um, I don't know if this is right, but I kept on coming back to this in my head when I was listening to this song. But it's, it sounds almost like a ragtime pacing with, <laughs> yeah. like the intro progression, with like the intro percussion and then later on with like the piano that comes in. Um, but it is very much an EDM song at the end of the day. And it, it's just a really unique execution of that. Yeah. Um, I love the like the jazzy experimental part of the song, like, and but like the 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 again uh, like what I said with liar liar like the the Avicii EDM part just doesn't stand out for me like among his career, um, but overall musically it's it's a fun little romp, and you know what it does do uh, is oh okay so what it does really do is it, it starts to you can start start to tell with this song is it starts to infuse a little bit more darkness. Yeah. Um, the lyrics, you know, about those lovers breaking something off, that's just clearly not working. They have this jaded edge to them. Um, you know, especially for how upbeat this song is. And, uh, you know, I got the lyric written down, you know, putting out fire with your gasoline. Um, you know, that's, that's like a, it's a kind of a jaded, like take on, on this, this whole breakup, but it's a really upbeat delivery. Um, but then like, you know, cause I know we're not talking about this album, but I want to at least mention it because they do go together. It's called true and stories for a reason. Um, but it like this one really, you really start to feel some of those themes and connections and, uh, darkness, uh, that you start to, you know, you start to hear a lot more in stories. Um, and it's, it's sad when you think about what happened mm-hmm. at the end of this tale, but, um, it also throughout the, these experiences, it, it, his music always carries this beautiful underlying hope. 
um, especially within the instrumentals. And, you know, I've always loved that. It's always been a big part of like my EDM listening experience is just having that underlying hope. You know, sometimes everything's not all right, but that's okay. Cause everything's going to be all right. Yeah. So, um, really like this song. Yep. Dill on to you with lay me down. Okay. This is going to probably offend Ben. So I'm going to turn and look at you, Kevin. When I say this. <laughs> this song reminds me of shopping in American Eagle during Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe I, I, I maybe saw, it played. I saw your sly little side <laughs> eye. <laughs> but it, I don't know. Maybe I heard it. And like, I had like possible. a very specific it's, memory. Yeah. Um, it just reminds me of a song that would play in a retail store. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just the chorus. The rest of the song is pretty good. Um, I love this on the album because I feel like it's it's more upbeat mm-hmm. on the, the back half. And I think Kevin and I make it pretty clear we like the dark stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. So... At, it gives like a little bit of light going into the last couple songs that are a little bit darker. And if you gave me a hundred guesses, I would not have picked Avicii to be right. the artist of yeah. this song. Yeah. Um, Adam Lambert does the vocals on okay. this, on this, yeah. which again, it's perfectly 2013 that Adam Lambert is on this <laughs> album. Yeah. He it's the same time he was blowing up and mm-hmm. he was starting to tour with queen and all that. And I conversely to you, I fucking love the chorus in this song. It's fucking, I just, I love it. It's a fucking roof slapper, man. It, it brings the house down that chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love, again, it's, it's got that very classic clean Avicii finish to it. And I think that's what I really kind of draws me to this song. And again, that chorus, it's, it's a very cool disco house. It's very reminiscent of like, uh, Shit, what is that song? Um, oh, God. The one I introduced you to. Oh, God, it's it's on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, I'll, I'll think of it. Um, but it's very cool, like very like electro disco. And I kind Are you of, talking about Tiesto? No, no, no. This is a, an actual disco track. Oh. <laughs> I heard it at work one day. And I like we, this is so funny. I wish I could remember the name of the track because I heard it at work. I'd send it to Ben. He's like, this track is awesome. And then we got on. I was playing Overwatch with him that night. And I heard him playing that song in the background like on repeat. <laughs> I uh, love the trigger. Finger on the trigger. That's. I got my finger on the trigger. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Oh, um, ben will find it. Um, but yeah, it, it reminds me very much of like a very cool disco track. Um, and I really love the line. I'm no fool, but you got to walk a mile to get out of my head. That's a slick ass line. Mm. It's, it's a classic play on you got to walk a mile in my shoes, but I'm thinking about you so much. Like I love you so much. You got to walk a mile just to get out of my head. Girl. Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, just a cool ass track, man. Uh, and it's the fourth or fifth time. It's the fourth or fifth genre. I think that Tim has played with on Mm. this album. And it just, it really kind of speaks to his genius. And uh, yeah, just great shit, man. Yeah, so um, I actually have this in my notes for, for each each and every song on the album, like what I kind of think it was infused with. Um, because I think for most of the tracks, uh, probably except for Dear Boy, there's some sort of other genre infused in, this, in, the, in the track. And for this one, it's, it's funk. Like to me, it's, it's got yeah. like a really funky bass line, comes in with a lot of those elements. Um, it's Donna Summer. Love is a Donna Summer. Yes. Yeah, I've got my finger on the trigger. Love is in control. control. That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's Donna Summer. That's what it reminds me of. It's. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I came, no, I came up with a whole dance routine to this song. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you. <laughs> this is why whoever I end up marrying is going to have to love EDM. <laughs> like I said, like, I've got a whole like wedding plan routine. Like <laughs> two love, love is on <laughs> finger on the trigger. That's your, that's, that's your first song. dance song. Oh, man, I wish I remember what it's called. It's not, I'll think of it. Um, but so it lay me down. It's, it's probably my least favorite on the album, but yeah. that's not a bad thing. It's just because something has to be, um, yeah, it, it's one of those for the, like the third song in a row, like among his whole catalog, it's just not one of the ones I'm going to go back to a ton. Um, I think part of it is, you know, I really like like that kind of funky infusion that it's got. Um, but for me, like that's not as groundbreaking as uh, of a stylistic infusion yeah. as a lot of what he's got on this album. Um, like those funk elements are awesome, but you know, that marriage had been done before. Yeah, exactly. By yeah. others. Um, and, I mean, Daft Punk. Yeah. And done really well yeah. by others. So, uh, yeah, Daft Punk's a huge example there, but like even, even beyond that with some of like the, uh, the, like the, the big names you hear that people are, you know, kind of just consider bleeps and bloops, you know, some of their smaller stuff has a lot of funky elements to it. Um, so, so I guess it's kind of a biased opinion just coming from like, okay, so, you know, this is something more of what I've heard before. So it wasn't as like capturing for me, but mm -hmm. I do really like the song. You know, I, I just think for me, if I'm going back and listening to true, it's one of those ones I'm going to consider skipping. Sure. Uh, I think Ben, mm -hmm. Ben, you're up. Hope there's someone. Ooh, go right back into it. Huh? Yeah. Go right back into um, it, buddy. So, so you guys remember that darkness I was talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this, this song's another emotional one for me. Uh, because I think it's the first time that Avicii really takes that internal angst that he's getting about his life and career and what it's doing to him. And he really just kind of projects it outwards. Um, I really do think it's just him talking about his, like himself and his desire to be able to share his troubles with others. Mm -hmm. Um, but he, he really has trouble doing it. Um, so it's got this slow yet beautiful melancholy to it that builds for a really long time, but it does at the end, in the end, it builds to this like, almost oppressively heavy drop, mm -hmm. uh, which I really do love. It, it takes a while to get there, um, but the payoff is worth it on this one. Um, and I, yeah, I do love it for that. You know, it's got that same, it, it's got that same, what I was talking about earlier, you know, that, that darkness to it, but with a little bit of hope infused in yeah. there and you can, you kind of get that through his whole career. Yeah. So what do you got to say? I really like the, uh, the vocalist didn't get her name. I yeah. know she's like a, a Swedish singer. I'm pretty sure this one's actually also Audra May who yeah. did uh, Addicted to You. Gotcha. I think. I know I she know. does another one. I'm not positive. I didn't look it up. So. No, actually it is. It's this one. I'm okay. pretty sure. Um, I loved her her vocals in this and how like it makes you pretty sad. But yeah. like you said, there is some some hopefulness to it. And I love when songs are like really slow and you can just like feel momentum. And I think at like maybe the two minute mark, there's just like where you think there's going to be this big <sighs> yeah. drop and it just doesn't. And you're like... Oh, we're just going to keep going, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess my listen through without um, the context of what you gave, I kind of felt like he was talking about like the fear of purgatory, like yeah. being kind of yeah. caught in the in-between of, of happiness and, you know, being down in the grave. So I thought it was a really interesting song because there's not a lot of songs lyrically about things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, building on that, I, I, I think it's, a, it's, it's, it's him questioning his mortality and his legacy 
and he hopes there's somebody that can that is going to be there to kind of carry on his legacy. And we've seen that now. Like I, I love listening to this song, knowing that Avicii has passed, and that there that that somebody that he hoped was there is there, and we're carrying on his legacy through this podcast, through all the the, the tribute albums that have been done for him. And it was really kind of powerful for me to to listen to this again because uh, I hadn't listened to this song in a long time and hearing what he was talking about in this album he's like you know i hope there's somebody to carry carry on and man is it it's good it's just really good and i love that you talked about the the fake drop that's like two yeah. minutes into the song yeah because i think that's intentional i think it oh, was absolutely i think it was tim saying like i'm gonna i'm gonna it's there i'm gonna give it to you but you're gonna listen <laughs> to what i have to say this is this is important to me and I, I am an EDM artist, but I want you to listen to what I'm saying right now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm worried about my legacy and I'm worried about it's so poignant to know what happened and that he was already thinking about this in 2013. Yep. Um, he was already thinking about, you know, what if I disappeared? Is there somebody going to be here on my legacy? And um, it's re- I think that 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 anti drop is very intentional for that reason. It's like I'm not done talking. You'll get it. But you got to listen to me first. Um and it, it, it's funny you talked about Swedish House Mafia earlier because that's it's, it's very reminiscent of Swedish House Mafia, that yeah. big drop at the end. And it's, yeah, yeah. It sounds like a Swedish House Mafia track. Um, and I love that he makes you wait until the song is more than half over for that big drop. It's, it's just, because it, it really does. You're like, you're waiting for it and you're like, oh, oh here we go. And it's just, it just and then you get it come back. All right, here we go. And then it finally gives you and then it's just. It's this really, really cool tonal decision that he made to kind of again just break the mold. Like this is you know two about two minutes in is where you typically get a drop in an EDM song, and that's where that first anti-drop comes. And then he makes you wait another two and a half minutes to actually get it. Just great, great. Subvert your expectations, Dylan. That's yeah. right. I'm a sucker for it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but uh, to that point too, um, it does make me very happy. Like knowing what I know now that. Avicii really did, you know, because when you're when you're a fan of the guy, and I was over his whole career, it's it's hard to see that he really is having impact and influence. Mm-hmm. And you know, after he passed, it became very very clear that yeah. he did. You know, it wasn't just me that really liked this guy, um, and it makes me very happy to know that that influence is continuing, and it's 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 very overt in some cases too. Um, I think you know, just to put something out there, Kygo is definitely worth a listen. Uh, to me, he is kind of the successor to Avicii in, in his style. Um, he, Kygo actually cites his main inspiration for making music is Avicii. Um, and you can you can hear it in his songs, too. Um, he's different. You know, he's not just a copycat, Some you know, somebody who's just trying to mimic the sound of Avicii. He's definitely different. He's got his own style, his own sound. Um, but you can tell. You can tell that he took that, a lot of that influence and, and he, he applied the, a lot of the lessons that Tim put forth for the EDM community and, and he applies them to his own. So Kygo is definitely worth a listen to as well. He just came out with an album this year that is really, really good. So I, I recommend that one as well. Oh yeah. Who's next? I forget. You. Oh, I get to close it out, huh? Mm-hmm. Hot diggity damn. All right. <laughs> uh, so hard upon my sleeve. It's the, the final track on this album. Um, and here's what I wrote. The strings come out of nowhere and then the bass comes out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden, the song becomes a force to be reckoned with. Um, it's an instrumental track. Um, it was originally recorded as such um, for the posthumous album that they released him. Uh, Imagine Dragons came on and did vocals for this song, and it's really, it's really good. Um, it's a really good, it's a good, it's a good, uh, 
instrumental track. I like really like the heavy strings, and I really like the heavy bass, where it's just like, boom, 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 and it just kind of punches you in the face with the bass. Um, that rhymed. Punch you in the face with the bass. Yeah, oh, baby. Got a couple yeah. T-shirts. Print, yeah. my face Print, with that bass. <laughs> Printing a couple tees today. Um, yeah, again, I don't have a whole lot to say about this track. It's a cool little kind of wind down from the heaviness where we were just at. It kind of brings in that darkness in the tone of the music. But it's, uh, again, there's no lyrical content here to digest. It's just, hey, we're coming down. Get to, get that heartbeat back. Um, and then, the, you know, the, if you want to go and listen to the lyrical version that Imagine Dragons did, it's actually really cool. Uh, it's a really good interpretation, I think, of what Tim was trying to do with this track. So, um, yeah, cool, a cool ending track. It feels like, to me, it's like an epic adventure like it belongs like yeah, yeah, on yeah. a Par- pirates of the caribbean movie or something yeah for with sure the big strings and you're like here we go we're gonna rue the day we're gonna drink some <laughs> rum and overthrow a ship or something whatever <laughs> pirates do uh, <laughs> overthrow a ship is that what they call yeah, it? It's hey, a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't you're, know you're throwing <laughs> people overboard yeah there you go yeah like, like any you know, practical application yeah uh, I obviously know a lot about pirates, but I know a pirate song when I hear one. <laughs> That's really all I, I had. It was weird when he called me a scallywag when I came. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you scurvy dog. I'm like the guy from Dodgeball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I find it, that is. Um, but yeah, I really like all the strings and the the momentum yeah. in this song. Yeah. It's kind of like, like you said, it's like a palate cleanser. Like, hey, I know we got dark there for a second, but here's a little fun one. Yeah. So. So, so I actually do have a decent bit to say about this song. Um, I really do think it's another great song. You know, it's not it's not one of those ones I'm going to come back and listen to because it's 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 kind of simplistic you know, yeah. compared to the rest of his his discography. But um, to quote the Big Lebowski, this really kind of ties the room together. <laughs> um, I think I think the title says it all. Uh, and the fact that it's the only full instrumental on the album mm-hmm. leads me to believe that Avicii really, really, really wanted you to pay attention to that title. Sure. Um, Heart Upon My Sleeve was Avicii's way to kind of drop the facade and, and tell listeners directly that this album was his way of wearing his heart on his sleeve. Um, you know, he always, I think he always wanted to in life. Um, but as that extreme ex- or introvert, I-, I think he really struggled to talk to others about his feelings and how just how deep they ran. So he used his music to do it. Um, you know, it's not one I'm going to throw on repeat, but it does give the, this, this album a cohesive soul. And I do love the orchestral elements, which actually, um, the other point I have about this song, it's going to sound like apples to oranges at first, but I do think it's real and it, and it builds into some of probably what our closing points are going to be. Um, just about EDM and that basically it's really obvious in this song. So it's, it's a good segue, but to me, EDM, the reason it's so different, the reason it's not like other music is because it's, it's approached differently. It's more, it's much more similar to classical music, orchestral music than what we think of as music through when we were growing up Mm -hmm. and when our parents were growing up and when their parents were growing up. Um, you know, band music is, is you have your instruments and it's, it's tailored around those instruments. You got your guitars your keyboards, maybe your horns, your singers. Um, and then you kind of write a song around those elements. Um, EDM and, uh, well, classical music and, and now EDM, I think it's more of a compositional approach from the very get go. Yeah. Um, sound is the instrument. So you kind of start from scratch and say, all right, let's just make something that sounds good. 
Um, and you don't necessarily have something to that you have to start with, like a guitar. Like, you don't have to make a track around a guitar. I can if I want, because that's a sound. But um, I, and I think that's what makes it so uh, difficult to get into for a lot of people right now, um, is that it's not immediately accessible. It's very different from what, we, what we've grown up knowing as music, uh, you know, until it really started to, to get big in the 2000s. So um, I just kind of wanted to throw that in there as my kind of two cents on why you should listen to EDM yeah. because it's a very different creative approach to music, um, but it is music. An instrument is the sound, um, and I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, that's an interesting thought because I'd never thought about it that way. Because, yeah, when you, if you're in a band, you can just sit around and noodle around and like, hey, I like the way that sounds. Let's build something off that. But you can't really do that with an orchestra. You can't just assemble a symphony orchestra and say, hey, yeah, flutes, play something. Uh, violins, yeah, 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 noodle around a little bit. So you kind of have to have that music in your head, and it's this, you have to do that as an EDM producer because all you have is those that music in your head. You start building a beat or start building a sound. You know, you know, I think that's a really cool like sentiment that sound is the instrument. I think that's a really cool way to look at it. And uh, yeah, I never really looked at it through that lens, but it makes a lot of sense when you think about it that way. So, so if you were a Jehovah's Witness, you got us, bro. <laughs> you reeled us all the way in. Oh, I reeled Kevin in a while. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, I had listened to EDM and then I fell off, and then Ben kind of brought me back in when he started listening to it in college and stuff. So, um, like, really heavy. Like, you yeah. were always kind of EDM heavy, but yeah. um, you really kind of brought me back in. Um, it's funny the 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 track. I still remember the track that brought me back in. It was uh, um, Bass Nectar's remix of Seek and Destroy. Oh boy! And it's just I was like, hell yeah, this is metal, but it's also EDM. Mm. Fuck yeah, let's go! Yeah. It kind of it brought me it brought me out of like that uh, sandstorm uh, yeah, '90s techno. Yeah, yeah, it, the, that's techno. That's techno. That's techno. It's very different now. Now it's EDM. It's a very completely different sound. Mm. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I've got a lot of metal EDM for you, Dylan. If you, yeah, <laughs> I got a lot of it. Remember, I sent you. I sent you and Tommy one that day, and I was like, "This just kind of popped up. This is kind of dope. I think you guys would like this." Um, but yeah, so are you guys comfortable going to closing thoughts? So I'll, I'll start again. I already talked about it earlier, like 2012, 2015. Just some really just good times in my life, and this song, this album, reminds me of those times, and Avicii reminds me of those times because on you know. He was a sad guy. Like, he was going through some shit. But he always wanted to, like, he was trying to find happiness through his music. And I think that is very apparent when you listen to his music. It's always very upbeat, uh, very easily listened to. And I think he always had his fans in mind when he was creating. I mean, he was making it for himself. But I think he also wanted to make something that his fans would love. Because he did love his fans. And I think that's apparent. Especially when you watch the documentary. Like... He, he didn't want to tour anymore for his own mental health, and he was very staunchly like aware of that. But whenever you see him on stage, he's always like j- just jiving with his fans, man. And I think he really loved that aspect of it. He was just an extreme introvert, and so it became hard for him to deal with that pressure and the touring pressure he was going through. So to bring it back, this album makes me happy, and it still makes me happy to this day. And, uh, yeah, just thanks, Tim. Rest in peace, brother. Yep. You can go, Ben. Okay, so this one's, it's really hard to organize like closing thoughts on Avicii or this album for me because it really, really does mean a lot to me. Um, and just kind of to build off of a couple of things you said there, Kevin, like 
you can tell a lot of times like how how much he cared about his fans even if like so we watched the documentary he never even really directly says it yeah. um but like when he's when he's writing his uh, his farewell from touring and all mm-hmm. that like you can tell it bleeds through like he really cares about his fans and he wants them to be happy and he wants his music to make them happy um and so that's what like the the missile silo goes back to like, he yeah. wants to create an immersive experience and um there's a really cool song called XU, like Avicii XU that he did right after this album. Um, that was literally, he just put it out there like, Hey, send me your submissions of just different stuff and I'm going to take it and make a track. And I listened to it the first time back in 2013 after hearing true. And I was like, all right, well, this is probably going to be kind of gimmicky and you know, whatever. It's probably not gonna be that good. And I threw it on. I was like, Holy shit. This is awesome. And he, t- he took these submissions from all these random, just rando people around the world, and he still somehow put together this cohesive, like, comprehensive track that is really, really good, like, sound musically and um, very Avicii. Like, it still yeah. feels Avicii. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was he was just an uncontrollable talent. Um, and... You know, that's what that's what a lot of people have a prejudice against EDM with is that people are just up there pushing buttons. And it's just it's just simply not the case. And it makes me sad when I hear that. That's why I always try to, like, you know, find that sound that somebody's going to enjoy. Um, and a lot of times that sound is Avicii because of this album and because of stories and because of his earlier songs um, and because of how upfront he was with his feelings and, and infusing that into his music. Um and the fact that he loved other styles of music too, and wanted to bring that along, you know, from the uh, the psychedelic rock infusions to in in uh, liar liar to love ballad infusions and addicted to you, and you know jazz infusions and you make me like everything's different, and he really pushed the envelope, and it created it kind of broke EDM out of that that script that they were on with like the heavy Klaus, uh, heavy clubhouse bangers and. And it, it opened up this whole new world uh, for EDM and the paths it can take. And that's in, it's evolved a lot today, and there's a lot of different sounds out, thanks in large part to Avicii and uh, a few others like him that around the same time that were coming out and doing great like creative stuff like Porter Robinson. But yeah. um, Avicii was really the main one. And uh, to put just one personal little spin on it, um, this music means so much to me because, you know, watching and you know, watching the documentary and just following his career, like knowing that he's struggling with mental health, health issues, anxiety and depression, like that's something I have experience with, you know, certainly nothing that was as extreme as a superstar DJ would have felt. But, you know, I, I went through my own bout of that stuff and, you know, I know how it can affect a person. And the fact that I can feel the hope in his music um, you know, when I was going through that really dark stretch in my life in my twenties, um, sometimes all it, it was all I needed to, to throw on an EDM track. Um, you know, maybe it was above and beyond, but a lot of, uh, or some other stuff, but a lot of times it was a Vici, it was true, or it was stories or some of his earlier stuff. And it, it was all I needed to help get me out of that dark place. And those internal conversations with myself started becoming more positive. So I've, that, I think that more than anything is, is, why I will always love this music and that connection will never go away for me. And Avicii is such a huge part of that. This album is such a huge part of that. So at the end of the day, what I really want to say is, is rest in peace, Tim, you beautiful, beautiful soul. Damn. Yeah. 
I don't know. I shouldn't go. You guys <laughs> nailed it. I really enjoyed this, but um, you know, it was it was very pleasantly. It was a pleasant surprise for me, I guess, because I knew, like I said, the first four songs. But after that, it was like it just caught me off guard. Yeah, because a lot of the albums we have been showing each other have gotten to places we didn't really expect. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of you hear the genre, you hear the artist, and you're like, oh, okay, well. I kind of know what I'm going into and then it it does he does such a good job of catching you off guard and you know you pay attention to the lyrics and you're like I wonder if those are his so because for me I I didn't know EDM artists wrote their own lyrics Um, so it it does make it a lot more personal than you think EDM is because sometimes to the the person who doesn't know much about it like myself who really did some some homework this week and kind of got into it a little bit more it's it's a very personal album that yeah. I, I just wasn't expecting. Yeah. So I appreciate you guys showing it to me. Yeah, man. And uh, you got any anything else? No, I think that's it. Um, you know, beautifully said, Ben. Yes. Uh, Shit. I can't <laughs> believe I let you go first. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's an interesting choice, Dill. But <laughs> yeah, that was awesome, Ben. Um, so yeah, uh, let's. Uh, do you have what we're doing next? Yeah. So. Um, for the sake of me and Kevin staying ahead, we're going to do an EP next week. So yep. it's going to be a four-song EP. Ooh, quick hitter. Yeah. But it's a it's a pretty good one. It's called um, The Blackbird Session by Beartooth. Okay. It's they're a – I'm not even going to tell you what kind of band they are because this is an EP where they just like uh, had a whole session where they re-recorded some of their songs and, and changed things up. Okay, so cool. it's a four-song EP. It'll be a, a quicker episode, but uh, we just want to – we're going to – do a little bit shorter ones. So a little quick hits. Yeah, yeah, nothing wrong with that. So, uh, black the Blackbird Sessions by <laughs> Beartooth. I want to call him Black Bear, but it's, I know that's not it. Yeah. Uh, the Blackbird Session by uh, Beartooth. And we'll put a, a link in the show notes for um, this album, True by Avicii, and then uh, next week's EP. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Ben. It was, yes. it was cool having thanks you. Thanks for having me, guys. Damn yeah. pleasure. Yep, you're gonna. You make me and Kevin look like a bunch of amateurs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I doubt that's true, but yeah, I appreciate but. the sentiment. <laughs> All right, guys, have a good week. See you.